It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Thank you for joining us for a Thursday edition, also known as Question and Answer Day or Question Day or Mary Langston's podcast or that's probably it, I guess. I mean, I think that kind of rounds out the different titles that we have. But in any event, it's one of my favorite days of the week. And it's one of the few days Mary Langston actually takes my call and picks up. So how are you, Mary Langston? I'm great. And it's one of the only days that you call. So it works out. Well, on <laughs> you and I are not, we're not callers. We're or not. Answers. We are texters. So. We are and emailers. So we've we got that covered. We are and emailers. <laughs> so well, I'm, how are you doing, Trey? I, I know when you call something is, is wrong. <laughs> how am I well, doing? Yes. I'm doing uh, okay. College basketball started. South Carolina had a big win over in Paris, actually, uh, beat Notre Dame. Uh, South Carolina men won. By the way, uh, not to digress about sports, but, you know, South Carolina had uh, obviously a really, really good team last year. They did not win it all. Uh, kudos to my friend Kim Mulkey for winning it all last year. You know, South Carolina was the favorite. They're not the favorite this year, but I did bump into Coach Staley, in Connecticut, of all places. And she is so much fun to bump into and talk to. And she had this look on her face when she told me we're going to be fine. She said, we're going to be fine. And she had a look on her face of, like, quiet confidence. And I watched them yesterday score 100 points against a top-10 team. And they had a freshman. I probably am not going to pronounce her name correctly. I think it is... Malaysia Full Wiley. She's from South mm-hmm. Carolina. She did things um, with a basketball on the court yesterday that I have not seen um, folks do in women's basketball maybe ever. So they're going to be good. And they're going to be exciting and fun to watch. Uh, LSU, on the other hand, again, I keep saying not to digress, but as you can tell, <laughs> I really do like sports. And I haven't even gotten to the fact that Dallas lost to mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Or, you know, my South Carolina Gamecocks narrowly beat Jacksonville State. We're going to stick with basketball. <laughs> I'm sitting there last night, and I flip around, and I see, you know, Coach Mulkey in one of her uh, incredible outfits, jackets. Mm-hmm. And they're playing Colorado, and I remember Colorado was good. But, you know, LSU and, I, and Kim said, look, we're talented, but we've never played together before. And I'll be doggone if she wasn't right. I'm like, everything she said came to came came to fruition. <laughs> Colorado won. And Coach Mulkey was right. They're very talented, but they have not played together. And the look on her face, God, I have never felt sorrier <laughs> for 12 to 15 young women before in my life than what they were going to have to listen to in the locker room after losing to Colorado. God help them. So... She'll get it figured out, though. So that's a really, really long way of saying 
You know how people <laughs> stop you at the store and they say, hey, how are you doing? But they really don't mean it. They don't want you to answer. I've not noticed that, but maybe that's a thing. Oh, you haven't noticed that. I mean, every now and again, you'll stop and say, hey, how are you doing? And then 30 minutes later and every doctor's <laughs> appointment they've had, you just you're sitting there thinking, I, I just was like looking for fine or, you know, great, not like a real answer. I don't think you were looking for a real answer when you asked me how I was doing. But there, <laughs> 30 minutes later, you got it. Well, I, I was looking for an answer like that, and I love women's basketball, so I'm excited to watch again. And it's such a fun sport; it's fast paced, and like you said, I mean, there's great players on both sides and all over. So Teamwork, appreciate you sharing that too. Yeah, it's really neat to see and just people being excited about it, especially women's basketball lately. They've got a lot of good attention. I think you know, there's always the negative stuff, but I think there are some positive things out there too. Well, I. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I love sports. I mean, I'm sitting here, you know, mid-February, college baseball starts back. Not mm-hmm. that I've given up on football, because I have not given up on football, but <laughs> the team, two of the teams I pull for are, you know, struggling to, to become bowl eligible, and Alabama needs some help to make it probably to the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. so uh, on that dark and dreary note, um <laughs> So that was the only question for the week. How was I doing? Right. That was the only question. No, we have three questions. So are you ready for them? Yeah, I think so. All right, let's do it. We appreciate y'all for sending us your questions each week. We hope you'll keep sending them our way. We'll start with a question from Tammy in Missouri. She writes, how did they choose moderators for the debate? She says, I think it would be better to just have one person. Why more? Well, uh, that's two questions, I think, and a declarative statement. So we'll start. How do they choose moderators? I think it's with a Ouija board. I think. (laughs) No, it's not. Although they might try that in the not too distant future. So, Tammy, from the great state of Missouri, we have to we have to separate out primary debates from general election debates. So the primary debates, if they're like when Joe Biden was running and Kamala Harris and Pete Buttigieg and everybody else, that's controlled by the Democrat National Committee. The DNC controls primary debates, just like right now, even though I don't know that President Trump, former President Trump's going to participate in any of the Republican debates. But you got Tim and Nikki and DeSantis and uh, Ramaswamy, no longer Pence. Uh, I don't want to leave anybody out, but you know all the names. So that's run by the RNC. That's run by the Republican National Committee. And so we'll stick with the GOP because I'm more familiar with it. Uh, The RNC picks the town. They pick the network. So we went Fox, then Fox Business, and it's NBC this week. So this is the way it works. Fox gets the first debate. Uh, they have, uh, I am biased, I confess my bias, but there, there's like a half dozen at least moderators that Fox could have chosen from. I mean, you've got obviously Brett and Martha, you've got uh, Dana, you've got Shannon Bream, you've got Maria Bartiromo, you've got Stuart Varney. I'm probably leaving some out that are just kind of straight news folks. So Fox picks those, and then you are... A, think getting at maybe without because you're so polite without like flat out saying it that it gets a little busy and a little crowded when you have three people doing the questioning Mm. i would say the reason for that 
is it is very hard. And trust me, because I spent almost 20 years doing it. It is very hard to listen to the answer while you're also thinking about the next question, which is what you have to do in court all the time by yourself, by the way. So I think what the thinking is, is that we're going to have multiple people there. So we'll pick Martha and Brett. Martha, you ask a question. Brett, you're listening to the answer, and it's your turn to go next. And, you know, you can adapt or you can ask what you already had planned to do. It's just kind of like tag teaming. It's just easy. Three seem like a, I'm not judging it because I think everybody in the world knows that I love Dana Perino. But th- three was a little uh, busier. There was uh, the moderator from, I guess, a Univision, wasn't it? I, I think I'm right about that out in California. So that's the way primaries work. The The party controls the number of debates, how you qualify for the debates. They partner with, you know, whether it's, you know, a Facebook or Google or uh, it used to be Twitter X. Now, they kind of pick who's going to host the debate. And then that entity picks the moderators. Probably, probably the party has veto. I would guess the party chair said, you know, look, if you pick somebody we don't like, I don't know that. So that's that's primary debates, general election debate, unless things have changed. And if they have, somebody needs to tell me there's a presidential debate commission and there are typically three debates, two presidential and one vice presidential. If I have that right, I think it's two and one It may be three and one, but I think it's two and one. And then the Presidential Debate Commission kind of, I guess, rotates through the networks and other entities, and then they pick the moderators, which, you know, not to get too down deep in the weeds, but you remember when, uh, I don't know if you were watching back then or not, Mary Langston, you're probably still in college, but Mitt Romney ran against President Obama. Do you remember that? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so Romney answered a question, and the moderator, uh, Candy Crowley, corrected him except she was wrong and so i think republicans are sitting there saying you know what that's really not your job i mean it is your job i guess to fact check people but if you're going to fact check somebody in a presidential debate then you better have your facts right and uh consensus is she did not so my guess is republicans are going to be watching to see who the moderators and that leads to another point is there anybody left in the country where both sides would say, okay, we think that we think she's fair. I mean, is there anybody left? There are straight news people, but more and more it's becoming opinion people mm-hmm. on the networks and on uh, cable networks. So if you're a Democrat, you know, you're probably not going to be okay. Probably with like, Jesse, Jesse Waters being a debate moderator. I'm sure Jesse has no interest and probably no time. He's got, you know, he works 10 shows a week. But they probably would say no. And then Republicans are going to say no to a whole host of Democrats. I mean, can you imagine Joy Reid being a debate moderator? Mm. Good Lord. So that's a very lengthy answer to what was a pretty short question, Tammy, from the great state of Missouri. Uh, The parties control the primary debates and the presidential debate commission controls the general election debates. Well, thank you so much, Trey. And thank you, Tammy, for your question. 
We'll answer more of your questions when we come back. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Our next question is from Patty in Texas. She writes, I heard the recording of Congresswoman Jackson Lee speak horribly to her staff. Are there any standards of conduct for Congress? And would this recorded language be considered a hostile work environment? Uh, Well, those are very serious uh, questions. And Mm -hmm. I need to start it by asking Mary Langston, did you hear, did you listen to the audio tape? I did not. No, sir. Okay. I'm not surprised that you did not. And I can also tell you, you would not know 90% of the words that she used because mm. they're bad words. Uh, you and Terry would be sitting there saying, hey, what does that mean? And I would be saying, don't repeat the word. That's actually a bad word. Don't repeat that one. I, on the other hand, am lucky. I knew what every single one of those words meant, but I've never heard them strung together quite like that before. I think it was uh, none other than our good friend John Lee Ratcliffe that sent that to me early one morning. Mm. And I listened to it and I marveled at her ability to string together profanities that are otherwise unconnected. It was awful. You do not need to listen to it, Mary Langston. Mm. It was awful. So are there standards of conduct for members of Congress? Yes. This language used by Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee, would it be considered a hostile work environment? Uh, unless there's a stronger word than that. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's hostile. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, there are standards of conduct. There's an ethics commission. There are places where employees can go. Well, you know, Mary Langston, you worked on Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. You can go to ethics where our friend Sharia work. You can go to house personnel. You There are, you know, particularly if it's um, if it's sexual harassment. I mean, that would be very, very hard for a, a staff member to l- accuse a member of Congress. So you have to have a there have to be multiple places you can go and have anonymity if you want it or request it and have matters investigated and ultimately adjudicated. Now, I will say this about Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee. Uh, she is not a first time offender. You know, sometimes we have diversion programs for first-time offenders, Mary Langston, back mm-hmm. when I was a DA. If you, you know, underage drinking on a college campus, we put you in a diversion program. But you had to be a first-time offender. She is not a first-time offender. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an incident years ago. I don't know. This stuff hurts your heart, Mary Langston, so I don't really don't even like talking about it um, where you can hear it. But you you were there. You may re- Do you remember when she berated a blind member of her staff. Do you remember that? I do. She berated a blind member of her staff for not reading quickly enough. Mm-hmm. That's not like made up. That's actually like for real. Mm. So she's not known for being an easy person to work with uh, or work for. Although, interestingly enough, she showed no signs of hostility or 
vulgarity or profanity. I never heard her talk like that when she was talking to her colleagues. So she was a hard person to work for. It is worth noting that apparently absolutely nothing has changed. Uh, that was a that was a very, very awful series of things to say uh, to a staffer. Uh, she's not alone. There are other members that had reputations for being very, very hard on staff. And I don't mean hard on staff like high expectations. I mean just angry, terrible work environment, awful abuse of language. I had a lot of shortcomings, and I'm sure Mary Langston and Terry will write a book on them at some point, or no. maybe a, maybe a series of books. It might it might be like a trilogy. No, but, but there won't be a chapter on me being mean to people that work with me, Mm-mm. or waitresses, or folks that are perceived to be in a position where they cannot fight back. I I cannot stand that. Mm-hmm. I do not like it when people are mean to people because they feel like they can get away with it. Um, people that, you know, work golf, golf carts at a country club, waitresses, waiters. I cannot stand that. So I would have preferred that Congresswoman Jackson Lee go on a profanity laden tirade against a member of Congress. It would have rolled off my back because, well, I wouldn't have sat there and listened to it, but I wouldn't have cared. But a youngster is going to care. I don't know this, but my, my suspicion is it'll be referred to House Ethics. We might not know that she will be punished for it, but she's going to get some kind of reprimand. You cannot. Well, actually, she's running for mayor of Houston, isn't she? She may get the ultimate reprimand. I mean, like the people in Houston may say, look, I, we don't want someone like that being our mayor. So to close, I will say this. I have been extraordinarily, I mean, just in the last, like, week i saw missy house whom i work with forever at the da's office mm-hmm. and also in congress i talked to cindy crick work with her at the da's office and congress talked to sharia work with her in congress and in private practice of law and here i am talking to mary langston willis so i've been incredibly lucky with the people that i have worked for one way to surround yourself with really, really good people in a workplace uh, is to treat them with respect. So I am sorry for people that work with abusive bosses. There are plenty of, you know, I'll stop and think about my closest friends in Congress. I mean, Kevin McCarthy had a reputation of being maybe the easiest, best person to work for. His staff loves him. Ratcliffe, easy to work with. Chaffetz, I just, I'd have a hard time being friends with somebody, I think, that bullied other people. I just, I hate it. I I hate watching that. So, actually, I would not have watched it. I would have had to intervene. But that's a long way of saying, yes, something's going to happen to her. Probably not what should happen to her, but something is. Uh, You don't have to take that. You don't have to put up with it. And I feel incredibly sorry for people who work in situations where their boss speaks to them like that. And it makes me very grateful that I get to work with Mary Langston, who actually doesn't even know any of those words. So she would not ever be able to go string all those words together because she doesn't know them. Well, we are equally 
as lucky as you are to work with you. So we appreciate you, Trey. And oh, no, we I know appreciate... him. Oh, I know him. <laughs> no, you I had said that him, you were. But I know him. Right. Well, we you were can't equally. play golf and not know him. I guess you've heard them, but you don't say them. No, I don't maybe? say them where anybody I re- respect and care about can hear right. me, which would mm-hmm. include my mom, my wife, and Mary Langston. Well, thank you for answering that hard question. And thank you, Patty, for sending it our way. We have one last question and it's from Stewart in Alabama. He writes, how will the rise of deep fake photos and videos affect trials in the future? You know, Stuart from the great state of Alabama, I am going to step out on a limb and actually somebody may saw that limb off. I, I may I may be wrong about this. I think it's going to be easier to sort this out in trial than it is to sort it out in real life. Because mm. you think about a photo in court. So, Mary Langston, if you were my witness in court, uh, you would be sworn. Uh, you would sit down. I would show you what's been marked as exhibit you know, 32. Mm. And I would ask you whether you recognize what is depicted in that exhibit. And so you're under oath and you're testifying and you have to authenticate it. And there's a chain of custody when it, as it relates to videos. And there are witnesses that can contradict that and say, you know, I was also there. This photo does not accurately represent what I mean. Yes, the technology exists, but we still have the most powerful way in the world of elucidating the truth, which is cross-examination. Mm-hmm. What we don't have in the rest of life, we have that in a courtroom. In a courtroom, you're going to play a video. You got to call the person who shot the video. You got to call the person who edited the video. You're going to be cross examined on the fact that you did edit the video because the jury's going to want to see the raw thing with no edits to it. Now, you contrast that with like TikTok or any of these other social media platforms. We're, I mean, we don't have filters in the courtroom where you can make somebody like prettier or younger or whatever the filters do to people. Mm-hmm. We don't have that in the courtroom. It's an original. You have to authenticate it. There are chain of custody issues. Witnesses have to say this accurately depicts what happened. I, I watched it. I know what happened. Or let's assume there was a surveillance camera. This is where it gets a little bit. Weird. I, you know, I watch British crime dramas, Mary Langston. I know you do not watch them, but I do watch them. Mm-hmm. There are a ton of surveillance cameras in Great Britain, many, many, many times more than what we have here. And it's hard for somebody to authenticate that because it's literally a camera like capturing everything that happens on a street. But there's nobody there monitoring it. So you can't say... Yes, that accurately depicts what I saw, because nobody's nobody's watching it. You could engage in some tomfoolery there, because there's no one to check it. There's no one to say that's not what happened. But you still have cross-examination. So where did you get this video? How was the video kept? Who's the equipment manufacturer? And then maybe I call the equipment manufacturer and say, could this be faked? Could it be counterfeit? And the the answer, the honest answer is yes, it could. So the jury gets to hear all that. 
I worry less about what's going to happen in the courtroom than I worry about what happens outside the courtroom because we do not cross-examine information outside the courtroom. Well, most people don't. Some of us do. That's what I worry about, Stuart, in the great state of Alabama. You're correct to pick up that, you know, somewhere somebody is going to try to frame someone or they're going to try to get rich or they're going to, in a civil case, God forbid, in a criminal case when somebody's liberty is at stake or a victim's rights are at stake. I'm more worried about it taking place outside a courtroom because we have measures to check it inside the courtroom. Well, that's all the questions we have for today. Thank you, Trey, for answering them. All right. Well, um, before I let you go, tell me how your November, I mean, we got daylight savings. You you know, I'm in the slew of despond, quote John Milton. Mm -hmm. How are you doing? I'm good. I do like that it's lighter in the mornings. I don't love that it gets darker earlier in the day, but that's okay. It always changes. So I'm thankful for each season we get to experience, but I'm doing great and excited about Thanksgiving. It's probably one of my favorite holidays. Just because, you know, you're with family and you're just thinking about what you're grateful for. And so I'm excited about that. You're excited about Thanksgiving? Not the eating part. Most people like the eating part. But I just like thinking about I'm just grateful for walking and being with this person or seeing this, you know, all those kinds of things. I mean, how can you be thankful when you don't even know the score of the Cowboy game yet? The Cowboy game didn't come on until like four. <laughs> well, that's that's why we have you because you can tell us how's it going, or if you're not know, talking, we know it's thankful. not great. I mean, uh, we got a Carolina plays Clemson this Saturday. After that, I mean, we don't know yet <laughs> what we're thankful for, do we? Well, we we are thankful for many things, but on your end, hopefully, there's a, a win or at least a good game. We got we clearly have different Thanksgiving experiences because you you know what success for me on Thanksgiving is. What is that? The cops don't come. No, nobody I don't calls believe a cop. That. None of my we three sisters. That. No, that's the truth. If if none of my three sisters calls the cops, that is success for any holiday <laughs> gathering. We don't believe that. We know you're playing football out there with everybody and watching it too. Uh, we'll be watching football. I'll be full time quarterback because I can't move like I used to. Could move <laughs> everything on me hurts. But uh, but uh, we got a little time before Thanksgiving. We still got to you know get through a couple of weeks. That's true. But there's always something to look forward to, right? Uh, there is something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to look forward to uh, next Thursday, and mm-hmm. hopefully we'll have some more great questions. And I, between now and then, will try to have your very sweet spirit about Thanksgiving and start thinking of the things I'm thankful for mm-hmm. that are not necessarily result-oriented. Exactly. It's going to be hard, but I'm going to try, okay? <laughs> we believe you can do it, and we hope that y'all will keep sending us your questions, and I guess we'll see y'all next Thursday. We'll see you next Thursday, and if you haven't listened to the Sheila Jackson Lee tape, don't. Just take my word for it. It's mm-hmm. awful. You take care of yourself. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.